You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of jaysrunacouch.com, and this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. It's pretty useful. Unlike Kevin Cash. <laughs> Sorry. There are going to be quite a few of those cheap shots in there. This is the second half of the Game 6 roundtable that I ended up recording earlier today. I am posting it late on Wednesday night. Um, I was on there. Um, Connor Newcomb of Lockdown Orioles, who you've heard of, he was the host on there. Um, friend of the show, frequent crossover guest, Gabrielle Starr of Lockdown Red Sox is on there. And try not to boo. Locked On Rangers host Bryce Patrick is also on there. So we had a good quartet of American League hosts who were able to take a a fairly distant view of what happened between the Rays and the Dodgers. So what you're going to hear in this episode after we talked about the whole Justin Turner fiasco, Rob Manfred being terrible, that sort of thing, we do actually focus on the game a little bit and just how stupid Kevin Cash was. And, you know, we've talked about uh, things that we've talked about on this podcast before. You know, having a game plan, but knowing when to deviate from that game plan and, and what's going to be most beneficial from the, for the team. And we get into that, and I'm glad we kind of do. It's like Alex Rodriguez, but, you know, smarter. So, uh, feel free to enjoy that. And here we go. It's a it's a balance we you know think of now you know uh, a balance of yes good that it ended last night when this happened and there is no more games to think about and we can focus on keeping everyone safe between Thank the balance you. of I can really want to I was just going to say the balance of that between what I really want to see what Rob Manfred would have done had the Rays won that game last night. I am very curious. You know, you know who we should be thanking then? Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash saved the world from a nightmare <laughs> scenario where game seven would be thrown into question because of his stupid, stupid pitching decisions this entire World Series. You know, AJ, I know that, that was a, I just got to say, I'll, I'll hand it to you, Bryce. That was a 12 out of 10 transition to what actually happened <laughs> in the game last night. And now we go to Bryce. You know, I know a thing or two about bad managerial decisions in game sixes <laughs> of the world. You know? <laughs> and I'm just glad that there will be a, a moment in a game six of a World Series that happened in Arlington, at, that, oh, actually entirely, that will take some of the focus off the worst ever um, thing to happen in a World Series ever. I mean, yeah, this I, mean, I compared well, them to great... I compared him to Grady Little in the ALCS, but that's the ALCS. It's not the World Series. I mean, but that was... Painful. Yeah, I mean, we, we had that, if, again, as the only person whose team was in the playoffs, we had that against Tampa Bay when Matt Shoemaker got pulled in game one after three perfect innings. And it's like, well, you couldn't have let him go for you couldn't have, you, 
you know, he was on his game. And it seemed like Kevin Cash took that message and took entirely the wrong thing with it because, I mean, between letting Glass now stay out there for like 115 pitches when he had nothing, yes. to pulling Blake Snell, a Cy Young winner, when he did, like... What was it, like not 70, even, not 73 even, pitches, two hits? Yeah, and not even for a guy who, you know has been on nick anderson gave up runs in like six straight outings in the playoffs six straight outings that like that i i can rationalize taking out snow i hate it it's a bad move like obviously in hindsight like in foresight it should have caught that but like putting in nick anderson who had a nine era in the playoffs just like no no what are you doing actually 0.52 but six straight appearances in a elimination game like a one run game, you are winning. Like, what are you doing? And you didn't want him to face the top of the order uh, again. Struck out all of them twice. What? Yeah. Kevin Kevin Cash made Dave Roberts look like a good pitcher manager in La, in last night's <laughs> yeah. game. Like Dave Roberts was vilified for his pitching decisions last year in the postseason, twenty eighteen in the postseason. I mean, he has. Like, I remember specifically in the 2018 World Series against the Red Sox, he took out, I believe, Rich Hill, and he brought in a pitcher who, like, t- the night before or two nights before, had given up a massive bomb to a Red Sox player and, like, given up a bunch of hits, and it just d- had a terrible outing. And I was like, is Dave Roberts still low-key, like a Red Sox fan, that he's doing this right now? It was that level of absurdity that that was happening. And, of course, the minute that pitcher came into the game, he gave up, like, a three-run homer. Um, and it was like, oh, my God. So, I mean, to say that Dave Roberts wasn't the worst manager of pitchers in this World Series, you, I really think, like, with Kevin Cash, like, the Rays had a chance to win that game last night. Obviously, they needed more than one run. The, the bats were going to wake up at some point. You know, Ro- Randy or Rosarina can't carry this team forever. But oh my god, he might. I, Blake I really thought Snell, he could. <laughs> like Blake Snell, would I? I, ge- I genuinely think you could have seen a complete game from Blake Snell, and bringing in the pitcher that he did, like especially choosing Anderson. It's it's just such an indictment of analytics and i'm not going to say you know both teams are very analytic driven especially because andrew friedman came from the rays but Mm. it was an example of analytics not being the end-all be-all of baseball and i think to go back for briefly just a second to the conversation about how baseball is just not defensible to non-fans anymore you know the increase in the importance and prioritization of analytics in this game is one of the reasons that a lot of people don't find baseball appealing because the eye test doesn't matter anymore the basic stats don't matter anymore it's all about the analytics and it's to the point where like you feel like you need a freaking master's degree in analytics to even be a baseball fan or otherwise you're made to feel like a moron yeah and, and it's, it's like- and, and, and it ruins games like like that game last night could have been a game six out of seven. Blake's now could have pitched a complete game shutout a la Sandy Koufax. And instead he gets pulled after 73 pitches and two hits, two hits. The Red Sox give up two hits per every single batter somehow. <laughs> I'm just gonna say. It takes the Red Sox like six outs to get out of one inning somehow with the way that their pitchers work. And you're going to deprive Blake's now like, 
Oh my God, the poor single, guy. Too. It's not like they were like no. super hard hit. Like one, right? Was, like, it's not like it was a homer curve. or anything. One was like one hanging curveball that like was was looped into right field for a single, and then the other was another single. It's like, are you kidding me? Not kidding you when we tell you that you should get your hands on some Built Bars. Built Bars come in 18 amazing flavors with classics like toffee almond, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, and banana bread, and new ones like cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and apple almond crisp. And all those flavors are coated in 100% chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew, they melt in your mouth, and they're healthy. They help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat because they're low calorie, they're low sugar, they're high in protein and fiber. If you're doing the keto thing, props to ya. I can't do it, but it's great for that as well because it gets you the nutrients you need. And if you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use that promo code locked on, you'll get 20% off your next order. So what are you waiting for? Use the promo code locked on for 20% off at BuiltBar.com and get some of those tasty bars for yourself. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I mean, this is the exact same thing that I said on Locked On Blue Jays after that thing. And Charlie Montoyo came from that raised tree. So he's very analytics minded as well. Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins, very analytics minded. But I, I made that contrast to John Gibbons, who, you know, did take in analytics but went with his gut feeling a lot of times and and you know we had that earlier in the playoffs too and I hate to bring up Houston in a way that bolsters my argument but here we go Dusty Baker going out to Zach Greinke and looking him in the eye and like can you get this guy and he's like yeah I'm like all right go do it managers can take in information but they're not just managers of numbers they're managers of people and when they forget that you have these blow up situations and, you know, numbers will lie. Numbers will fool you. You have to be able to read every facet of the situation and just not, you know, put all your faith into a computer because that's, that's basically cowardly. You're doing that so you could say, well, the numbers told us to, to do. No, take some freaking responsibility and be an actual manager and not just a, a, a numbers, like, like checking numbers off the list. Exactly. It's like when Paul George got out of the playoffs with Damian Lillard hitting like a 43 foot shot. Like the numbers say that's a bad shot. Paul George said that's a bad shot. He still hits it. And like the numbers support uh, like a large variety, like in the sample size, 162 games. Yeah. Follow the numbers. But in an elimination game, like you got to trust your gut players and the guys who are elite to like do exactly what they want. If your starting pitcher is better than your bullpen options and your starting pitcher's pitch count is that low, you stick with your starter because even if it's the third time through the top of the order, he's the guy that's getting it done. And, you know, it's that it's that old thing of like, you know, with Mariano Rivera, for example, um, obviously not a starter, but like was totally lights out for over, you know, almost two decades, basically. You knew what Mariano was going to throw to you. The thing is, he was so good at it 
it didn't matter that you knew what was coming because you still couldn't hit it. And it, and that's analytics. exactly what it is. And analytics the, aren't going to prove that. And yeah, it, but it, the analytics it, did say that uh, Mookie Betts was really bad at hitting left-handers, and they just ignored that and right, gave him a right-hander. That too. Like, and what? And it eliminated any advantage they had going into that game. The more pitchers you have to use in a game, the more likely one of them is going to have a bad game because that's just how people are. People are not 100% all the time. So the more variables you bring into that, the more likely you're going to have a Nick Anderson who gives up a home run or a Pete Fairbanks who gives up a home run. Tampa Bay took their one reliable thing right. going into that game and Blake Snell and totally misused him and for that of, they deserve of all the games of all the games and all the pitchers like I would have expected this in a game with a lesser starting pitcher than Blake Snell but when you have like your Cy Young winning pitcher on the team on the on the mound like of all the games it's just it you can't write a script more ridiculous than that well, I'm going to one thing that we're not that... considering about why the uh, why the Dodgers won. Um, they, I do believe they had a very unfair advantage. They had a Seager hitting in Arlington, and that's just downright illegal. <laughs> because was. Kyle Seager has destroyed the Rangers for his entire career, like absolutely destroyed them. And so I think there's a little bit of the Seager curse um, on Arlington, and that transferred a little bit to Pete Fairbanks because he is a former Ranger. Um and I think that's why he gave up all those home runs. It's just he had a little bit of Rangers curse and a little bit of Seager curse as well. I think that's just a little bit unfair for the Dodgers, but, you know. Well, and and if Dave Roberts is managing like a Red Sox fan, he couldn't mess up Mookie's chance at another World Series MVP or ring, could he? So. I did want to go I back know. to something Bryce had had said, you know, I'm going to play like half devil's ad- advocate here and basically be mad at Kevin Cash for a different part of this decision. Um, for Blake Snell, now he was dealing. That was the best we'd seen Blake Snell look since he won the Cy Young in 2018. There's no question about that. However, I think if you just, and I know his pitch count was low and he can get deeper into the game, but if you just look at length, he hadn't gone six innings since 2019. He hadn't gone seven innings since 2018. So I don't think Blake Snell would have thrown, you know, a complete game shutout or eight innings there. He definitely should have gone longer into the game. The reason that I think Kevin Cash screwed this up is that he went to Nick Anderson. And with the amount of horses that he has in the stable, as he likes to put it, um, we talked about it. Six consecutive appearances uh, giving up a run in the postseason. Nick Anderson, frankly, had a bad postseason. He had an incredible regular season. He went on the injured list. When he came back, he wasn't the same pitcher. And, you know, among the guys like the Diego Castillos and the Pete Fairbanks, I know he gave up a home run, but, you know, the guys like that, even the Aaron Loops of the world, Ryan Thompson, all these guys had better postseasons than Nick Anderson did. And if you're going to pull Blake Snow, which, you know, I get wasn't a great decision, but it's what the Rays have done all postseason. And it got that team with that pretty bad offense. Uh, to game six of the World Series, that plan got them all the way there. If that's going to be your plan, then fine. You can't go to the guy at the, with the top of the lineup that's given up a run in six straight outings. And I think, honestly, that's what I'm more upset with with Kevin Cash about because I feel like he stuck to the Rays' plan, whether you like that plan or not. He stuck to the Rays' plan the entire postseason, which was get me five innings from my starter and then we'll see about the sixth. Um, and 
he just didn't go to the right reliever. And I think everybody knew that because of Anderson's struggles and, and that's where it left us. But to kind of wrap up here, you know, all this happened and the Rays still, they only scored one run. They got the Arena home run in the first inning. That was it. They really never threatened much. Uh, they got a couple on in the second inning, uh, but that was about it. And that was the issue the whole postseason for the Rays. You know, they hit some big home runs, but their big bats didn't really get going. You know, Brandon Lau had three big home runs, but those were his only three World Series hits, and he was in a terrible slump all postseason. You know, Willie Adamas was was fighting it. You know, they didn't get a whole lot from, from Austin Meadows. He had a pretty bad postseason as well. Um, and so my question to you guys as kind of a last thing before we wrap up, Kevin Cash, yes, made this terrible move, and it, and it cost the Rays a game six. But do you feel like, because I do feel like this, that that finally – the best team throughout the regular season and throughout the playoffs finally won the world series. I don't think yes. there's any question. I mean, you look at some of the stops. I think the Dodgers had the fourth best per game run differential of any team ever. So, I mean, you can hardly argue that they're not a worthy winner. Um, I will say that the Rays did have a bit of a smoke and mirrors thing going on offense because it was essentially Randy Arena and Manuel Margot who eliminated the Blue Jays. And my God, am I not happy about facing Randy Arena in the division for the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah. That's, I said the same him. thing on locked on Red Sox. I was like, cool that we need, we have no pitchers and we're going to have to face this guy for the next decade. <laughs> Finally got rid of Mookie Betts. And now this guy shows up. Ouch. But, <laughs> sorry, God. It's but, okay. But <laughs> Before we yeah. end, though, guys, um, Major League Baseball just released a statement on Justin Turner, so I figured this would be a good way for us to end. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, so here it is. <laughs> In response to inquiries, Major League Baseball issued the following statement today regarding the circumstances involving Los Angeles Dodgers third baseman Justin Turner, colon, quote, Immediately upon receiving notice from the laboratory of a positive test, protocols were triggered, leading to the removal of Justin Turner from last night's game. Turner was placed into isolation for the safety of those around him. However, following the Dodgers' victory, it is clear that Turner chose to disregard the agreed-upon joint protocols and the instructions he was given regarding the safety and protection of others. While a, celebra- while a desire to celebrate is understandable— Turner's decision to leave isolation and enter the field was wrong and put everyone he came in contact with at risk. When Major League Baseball security raised the matter of being on the field with Turner, he emphatically refused to comply. The commissioner's office is beginning a full investigation into this matter and will consult with the Players Association within the parameters of the Joint 2020 Operations Manual. Last night, Nasal swabs were conducted on the Dodgers traveling party. Both the Rays and Dodgers were tested again today and their travel back to their home cities will be determined after being approved by the appropriate authorities. So basically baseball saying, well, we tried to politely ask the zombie to not enter our home, but the zombie emphatically refused to comply. And there was nothing we we could do about it because we will look at sanctioning the zombies for what they did. Like, I mean, oh like, God. based on the way that the last two investigations went last winter, we all know this is a bunch of bull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it kind of uh, seemed I mean, like the uh, the Club Penguin meme where it's like, 911, what's your emergency? It's like, I'm being stabbed. And the Club Penguin Penguin's like, what? He can't do that. Stabbing's illegal. Um, and <laughs> that's, 
that's pretty much what this uh what oh, this sounds like but you nailed it it'll be interesting to see what transpires from this justin turner news um and what a weird and uncomfortable way to end the season uh but i feel like we did get a good world series we got an unforgettable game four of course and we got the best team in baseball finally winning we got to see clayton kershaw finally get to uh, hold the world series trophy which was good for him because that is what i believe to be the best pitcher of our generation but aj bryce gabrielle thank you so much for uh doing the round table as we talked about game six and uh again just purely baseball wise uh gave us a lot to talk about and was a good world series and of course a lot surrounding what was a a weird 2020 season thanks on to 2021 thanks y'all look forward to being the only person in the playoffs again next year yep you uh, we're not gonna be there that's, that's a fact. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Uh, you don't owe me an apology, but the ownership does. <laughs> <laughs> See, even Bryce agrees with me that the Rangers' ownership is terrible. So, if you want more takes from the people you heard on this podcast other than myself, um, you should check them out on the various channels on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find Bryce at Bryce Patrick on Twitter. He is the host of the Locked On Rangers podcast. You can find Gab at GFStar1 and on the Locked On Red Sox podcast. And you can find Connor at Connor Newcomb underscore the host of the Locked On Orioles podcast. I don't know what he's going to do if the Blue Jays don't have Joe Panic next year. I swear that's how he got half his traffic is making Joe Panic puns. But he knows. I think he's great, and I kid. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at a underscore j underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. You can follow the Locked On podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Locked on Jays, and you can subscribe on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. You can subscribe to make sure you don't miss episodes like this one, which I'm hoping to do more of with some different people, some interesting people who we will hopefully have on the podcast to talk more Blue Jays now that the season's over and we can officially look ahead towards 2021, as is mentioned at the end there. So thank you to Gab Connor and Bryce for having me. Thanks to y'all for listening to this doubleheader. And uh, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysrenacouch.com, I mean, G. Andrews, thank you all so much for listening to the second half of these episodes. And y'all take care.